All right, guys, thanks so much for helping us lead the behind the scenes student and children's ministry event that's going to be happening on February 24th, 2020. Uh, During this event, you're going to help us discuss some discipleship topics that help drive our students and children's discipleship strategy. I could not be more excited about this event. Registration is live, and you can learn more about this by going to gracechurchsc.org forward slash equip. So if you know any churches that might benefit from this, please share that link uh, today. All right, so let's talk briefly for a moment about how you can prepare for this event since you're going to be helping us teach through it. Um, We're going to have two main sessions and eight workshops. During the main session, we're going to kick it off with discussing the unique opportunity to disciple the next generation. Now, followed by the main session, we're going to have two workshops, one student and one children's ministry happening simultaneously. Then we will have a break. We will have two more workshops. We will have a lunch. Then we will have two more workshops. Then we will have a break. Then we will have two more workshops, followed by the last session where we will close out the event. Each workshop is going to be 65 minutes, and there are going to be four parts to your workshop. There will be a 15-minute teaching, which you will conduct. There is a 15-minute small group think tank time, where each uh, small group at their table, these will be registrants that are at the event, they'll have uh, 15 minutes to discuss three questions that are on the screen. It might be, what do you like best about what you heard? You know, how would you implement what you shared? Uh, And maybe what obstacles uh, will you face? And so after that 15 minute small group think tank time, we're gonna bring them back in as a large group and we're gonna give them a 20 minute Q&A time. This will be you as a teacher during this time, and someone else um, will join you on stage, and you'll be able to give the group a chance to ask questions um, that we're focusing on your talk. Then we will have a 15-minute individual action step. So that's what the uh, workshop's going to look like. The action step, I'm going to talk a little bit about that now and how you can help us um, prepare for those. Um, So where can you help? Um, First of all, I would love it if you could record your teaching in audio format and send it to me by email. You can just email me at crivers at gracechurchsc.org, and that will uh, be great. Next thing, you can kick start the creation of a resource that we can give our attendees to use during their action step time. Now, what would be some good examples to this? Maybe it's a series of questions. Maybe it's a self-evaluation. Maybe it is a construct that focuses on your teaching. I believe Zach uh, is going to provide in his teaching three core areas that a leader needs to focus on. And so I think he's got a construct that's going to help him um, in that area. Maybe you want to provide a fun game, maybe something that you do with a partner or a student leader or a parent. Um, Maybe it's just a homework assignment that focuses on the problem and the solution that your teaching brings clarity to. So yesterday, some of our team met and we had the chance to listen to Catherine Streeter practice her workshop teaching on relationship building. And after we finished, we created two resources that could be used during her action step time. Now, we might not use both of them, but and in the email that you receive from me or in the show notes below, you'll be able to access those resources so that you can see examples of what could be used during that action step time. Now, my hope is that by giving you a copy 
copy of her teaching and action steps, you'll have enough time um, to get started in making your talk and some action steps. So um, so here's the deal. What is this conference going to do for us as a church? I just want to leave you with this. Um, Number one, it's, it's going to help us grow our current leaders. I mean, your work is paving the way to clarity and direction, uh, and I couldn't be more excited. I mean, even just listening to Catherine yesterday, it just really challenged me and encouraged me in my own leadership, and, um, and I know that it's going to do that for our current leaders because the second reason, we're going to have referenceability for future leaders. So we're going to record your talks. We're going to curate your action steps, and my hope is that after the conference, we'll be able to package up everything and give that away to churches to help them disciple the next generation. So thank you again for your work. Um, you're, you're really paving the way here, and I'm grateful. So let's listen in as Catherine shares her message from yesterday. Okay, so when we talk to our volunteers, a major thing for us is building relational capital. So a training that we have done before, we walk through different elements of building relational capital. So today I'm going to walk through the what, the why, the who, the where, the how, and the when. So the what is building relational capital. So that is for us, we define it as intentionally pursuing students to build authentic relationships. So other ways to say it, you're really earning a voice or earning trust with students to be able to speak into them and you're earning the right to be heard. Um, We talk about it as a church when we think about it in an economic term. So building capital in order to profit and so Um, We are earning that relational capital in order to spend it on influencing students towards Christ. So that is the what. The why, um, it is so important um, because students, for students, relationships are ultimate. Time spent is directly correlated to the trust um, that we build with them. So it really is directly connected to the impact that we can have on them. Um, So you think about your best relationships and why it's because of the time spent that um, those people have earned, or those people have earned, that those people have sent earning your trust um, because they've invested in you. First Corinthians nine nineteen through twenty. You'll we'll, you'll see it up on the screen here. Oh wait, our slide guy's not getting it. It's but I know. Right, it almost, just say it by heart. It's well, almost done. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's up there. I see it now. Okay, so it says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ, but I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save them. I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessings. So Paul is so specific here. He sums it up in verse 22. He tries to find common ground with everyone. So he was able to win those to Christ by relating to them and spending time with them. So that is what we get to do. We get to spend, um, we get to spend time finding common ground with these students to share Christ and the good news with them. I think about an example for me um, in high school was 
um, a woman who was my leader and she spent time with us at cheerleading practice all the time, though she actually was not a cheerleader and could care less about cheerleading. Yet, she helped in cheerleading practices and really just hung out and um, spent time with us. And she started coming around on our turf and earning the right to be heard and started inviting us over for meals and different studies. And she really is what um, led me to the Lord by showing love and being where I was. So that was really helpful. So the what and the why. Now we're going to talk about the who. Who are we building relational capital with? So for us as leaders, it is our students. So, okay, this is what ours we talk about, so I don't know what how we can change this. But for us as leaders, we have groups um, of 10 to 12 students. And we know that you and your co-leader cannot know all 12 students equally as well. So we, what we ask of our leaders is to get to know four or five super well um, because that will be how you actually get to know lives and get to know um, what's going on because you get to know with your capacity four or five students really well and then you will end up knowing, your, you and your co-leader will end up knowing all of them. Um, so some of that for the four or five is based on similar stories, backgrounds, um, and for some students, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Okay, so the where. The where is um, for us, we have inside program and outside program are the two spaces that I want you all to think about building relational capital. Um, so program for us can be a great place to build relational capital and there can be ways to really maximize your time. So there can be um, dinner before program that you can plan or if your church has a dinner before program, ours is called Pit Stop, um, then that can be a place that you can be really intentional of sitting with your students and eating with them, asking them different questions. Um, and then small group time. Small group time can be a huge place to build relational capital. You might think that you just have to get in there and get serious, but it can be a really great place that you um, can create um, some wins relationally. And then after program, you can uh, walk them to the list, but if you make that as a goal for program nights, that will be helpful. And then outside of program. This time is so important because it brings our world and our students' world together. So, in... Do you need the slides? Yes, yes. In... Yes, come on. You, for, it's First Thessalonians. Yes, okay. He's got it. He's got it. First um, Thessalonians 2.8, it says, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only the good news, but our own lives too. Um, and that really speaks volumes to what we are doing and how we show love to those students, that we loved you so much that not only... Did we share the good news but our own lives as well so really it can look many different ways but it can um, be small group events or adventures so a few examples that I've seen are a paintball outing or um, a mother-daughter tea where they invite parents in to do something or um, another group has served together in our foster and adopt date nights um, really the goal of those big group events is to create shared experiences with your students so that they can find common ground with each other as well um, because they might be from different schools or have different things that they like to do but those shared memories can really create a lot of movement as they build relational capital with each other um, and then outside of program as well we do retreats um, one overnight in the fall and a retreat, a, a, an out-of-town retreat in the spring, 
And we need y'all to see that as a major relational capital builder because it is something when you can go to sleep and wake up next to your small group and how much relational capital that actually builds in that 48 hours is um, exponential. So, and then um, another outside of program area is one-on-one. So this really starts more in late middle school with um, your with some of your students to really get to know them, to ask intentional questions, and to build those relationships. And also another big one is going to students' activities. So plays, recitals, games, track meets. It's an opportunity for you that you can bring other students and for you to meet parents. So it's a huge, and when you're around students, um, you're really showing up um, and not on your phone. Another thing is to open up about your own life. Uh, share your story, what you're learning, what's been fun, what's been hard. Um, they want to know those things. Third, listen well. Um, fourth, ask questions about their personal life. So shows that you're really engaging and wanting to know them. Um, and sometimes in order to do that well, we need to be aware of what's going on around them. So there's um, a really great resource that our church uses called access.org, and they send a weekly email with a culture translator, and it's just things going on in pop culture from a Christian perspective. So that can be a really helpful tool as you're getting to know what's going on in their world. Um, another thing that you can do well is to take notes. So remember names, remember birthdays, personal facts, struggles, prayer requests. Write those things down because the moment that you bring up something that a student mentioned two weeks ago and ask them how it went, it will be it will speak volumes for them and really goes a long way. Um, so the win, lastly, we understand that y'all's lives, your leaders' lives, it is hectic, chaotic. So um, we have to really be intentional, um, and we know that you have families to serve and families to love, and and serving is a part of your world. But we do know it's going to be important. So there can be things like early mornings before school, um, Sundays before programs that are both already there, or evenings. You just need to be proactive and plan, plan proactively about when to um, hang out with your students. So it could be that you have to plan a month in advance. So you look at your month ahead and you plan out two dates that are gonna be times that you're gonna ask students. You don't even have to ask those students then, but you can ask a week before, but you already have that blocked out that you're saying, I'm gonna hang out with a student. So you might have to do that um, because a month can go by quickly and you realize you did not spend any intentional time with a student. I had one leader that she had, um, her husband worked Tuesday nights and um, she has two foster kids. So on Tuesday nights she would cook dinner and just invite different girls over. She would go down the list, whoever could come, they all came over on Tuesday nights. And that's what she did. So you just have to schedule it and go down the line. So it's not just about creating new margin, but you also want to pull them into your own margin. So that means inviting them along. So you could be watching a sporting event um, at your house with your family and you can just invite them over. Or you're going to run to Target with your kids, you can, they can hop in the car. Or you can call them over to do housework. We always love that one. Um, so, building relational capital. It's really important, and we are able to earn um, the, this capital with them so that we can spend it on influencing students and moving them toward Christ. I don't know how to say it.